Hello, and welcome to Yes, a Stripper podcast. I am your host, Daisy Ducati. In this podcast, we will discuss the ins and outs, ups and downs of our lives and experiences as sex workers. Before we get into this interview, I would just like to offer a little bit of an update because it's been several months since Stella and I have recorded this discussion and a lot has changed since then. So first, I would like to mention that um, we are no longer working with A-List Productions for our show and we have renamed the show and completely revamped it. It is now called Daisy Ducati Presents Dangerous and I am producing the show. So um, it's now a collective effort with all of the performers involved and we're not doing it weekly anymore. Our next show will be in October. Um, if you'd love more info about this show that we're working on together, you can follow our Instagram at ddangerousshow on Instagram. And you can also follow either of us. Um, but yeah, this is a wonderful conversation that I'm having with Stella, and we have gotten to know each other so well over the last few months. Amazing, amazing person, performer, and I'm really excited for you guys to meet them. So... Let's just get right to it. All right. We are here with Stella, one of the amazing performers in my show, and I am so excited to have this conversation today. Stella, how are you? Good. How are you? I'm doing all right. So Stella is one of the dancers that auditioned for my new show in Vegas, and by the time this episode comes out, we will already be fully running and performing, and I'm so excited for you guys to see what we've been working on. Stella is an incredible dancer, wonderful, wonderful stage presence. I cannot wait for you to see what we do. So Stella, how, how did you get into dancing? Uh, actually, one of my friends that I used to go to raves with back in California, she was a dancer at one of our, well, the only club in our area, and she just convinced me to go yeah. in one night, and once I said I had done it, she was like, well, you already said you'd do it, so you're not backing oh, out now. Man. <laughs> so. How was it? Did you did you have fun getting into it? Um, no. To be fair, my my start was actually pretty rocky. Uh, I didn't look the way that I do now then. Yeah. And when I first auditioned, I actually had no hair. I had completely bald head. Oh, wow. And it was, <laughs> yeah, fun, fun, fun times. <laughs> it was interesting. I got a lot of shit for that. Can I cuss? Yeah, of course. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. I would not be able to do this if we couldn't cuss. <laughs> My, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. So w- do you mind if I ask, like, what city you got your start in? Um, so northern Santa Barbara County. Um, I don't particularly like to say the city because it's kind That's of a, yeah. a trashy city. Um, <laughs> but basically, it's the only strip club for uh, two hours any direction. Wow. Wow. Yeah. It's probably a lot different than dancing out in Vegas, huh? Extremely different. It is two complete opposite ends of the spectrum for sure. Totally. Totally. And how long how long have you been dancing? Over three years now. Almost four, I think. Hell Minus yeah. the whole COVID yeah. like, spot. But yeah. 
Yeah, the last couple of years have been a very strange time. So wait, you pretty much started like around the beginning of the pandemic. In Vegas. I had already been dancing for over a year at that point. Okay. And I basically had told myself I would try Vegas by the time I hit a year. And that's what I did. And then COVID came. Oh, no. So wait, you moved to Vegas at the beginning of the pandemic to dance here and then COVID oh my god yeah. before it was even a pandemic yet so it yeah. wasn't like I had like any idea anything was even going on yet oh no <laughs> that's yeah. like the worst time it, it was it was pretty bad oh man I can't even imagine yeah I had just renewed my sheriff's card <laughs> right before the lockdown <laughs> I was like planning on going back to the club and there went those plans and that 40 bucks. <laughs> I had just gotten my, my plastic card. I had literally like two weeks before the shutdown, they had just given me my plastic sheriff's oh, card. Like, oh no. Yeah, it was that soon. <laughs> oh no, that's rough. That's rough. Yeah. Oh, well, I'm glad you stuck around. <laughs> so am I. Cause I now we didn't get really to have be an friends. option at that point. <laughs> right. Oh man, I oh that was that must have been a strange, strange time to to be just moving here. I can't even imagine. Like it was a strange time to live here in general because like for those who don't know, like all of Vegas shut down completely. Like there were no casinos, no hotels, no nothing. Yeah. Yeah, no gyms. Yeah, it was just you could get food maybe. <laughs> like maybe. Wow. Even then was pretty hard too. A lot of food places were closed. A lot of places wouldn't deliver. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of the places that I used to eat are gone now <laughs> because of it. It was it was a strange time. And so like how, how did you manage like just moving here? Um so I actually went back to doing online work, which was like what I had done prior. To dancing yeah cool so it wasn't it wasn't too difficult cool but my living situation wasn't ideal either so it was it was definitely hard yeah and I, it's interesting because like even though the pandemic was absolutely devastating in most ways and like especially for working in a club or working in any sort of work where you have to show up yeah in a physical way <laughs> um, but uh, I also do a lot of online work, and it's it was a strangely like amazing time to do online work. Like I I don't know if you're on OnlyFans and things like that, but like I feel like a lot of my online work like skyrocketed once everyone was stuck at home. Yeah. Did you did you have that experience? Yeah, I did too. Um, I actually so I actually wasn't even on OnlyFans at the time. I originally started as like a web camera. Mm-hmm before I started dancing. So I like wanted to go back to that, but I didn't have the internet connection where I was or even like the setup for it. So it was like, I was, I was actually in between like a housing situation too. I was in temporary housing. I wasn't even in like an apartment or anything like that. So I didn't have like half of my stuff was in storage in California still like whatever. So I ended up like breaking down and joining OnlyFans like everybody else did. Yeah. And it, it, it went pretty well for a little while. It, it got me through. Good. But uh, yeah, it was, it was weird. There's, there's a lot of people that just kind of like came up out of the depths of nowhere. Like, 
old high school yeah. friends and people you never would have thought of that are just like, oh, you're selling stuff? Like, yeah. Oh, okay. It's so strange how they just come out of the woodwork and like. Yeah, it's like, I've known you for five years and then you're just going to all of a sudden you want to spend money on. Okay, cool. Great. Yeah, I mean, take the money. <laughs> sure, why not? <laughs> Oh man. So I'm, I'm glad. I'm so glad that like, even though OnlyFans has its ups and downs as a platform, like I'm so glad that platform was there at that time. Like yeah. so many of us would have struggled a lot harder without it. Yeah. For sure. Um, it was, uh, yeah. It, and I'm glad they haven't kicked us off yet. <laughs> they have tried. They have tried. <laughs> oh, man. It's been it's been such an uphill battle with just all of the online platforms, especially with, like, the payment processor changes and all that. It's so volatile. <laughs> Even going through Reddit, because, like, I, I, I'm big on, like, the online stuff. Mm -hmm. And, like, I, I know how to use Reddit. And so I was like, well, let me check, you know, let me try the Reddit route mm -hmm. and go that way. So I don't have to be doing this, like, weekly content stuff. And I can just get, like, some bigger you know, some bigger, I guess, I, um, sales or whatever you want to call it. <laughs> um, and even doing that, even doing that, like it's so overly flooded. Like it takes like an hour just to like get approved to post on a subreddit in order to try to sell your stuff. Because if one thing is wrong or your picture, like proof of like existence is off or like doesn't come through clear, they're like, nope, nope, you're not real. Like, I typed something wrong yeah. and I can't post this now. Yeah, the Reddit hustle has been something that I have had a very hard time contending it's hard. with. Like each each subreddit has its own rules and then it's like up to individual moderators who can sometimes be really moody. Yeah. <laughs> and like it's it's such a strange world on reddit like and it's so much different than any other platform that i've used anyway i just I, and i've been kicked off of so many subreddits too <laughs> like i recently got banned off the weed subreddit <laughs> like how do you get kicked off the weed subreddit <laughs> that's hard to do that's really Apparently hard to do I posted a picture of a really pretty doobie I rolled. Like it was, I had these cones that had uh, like tentacles drawn on them. And like, I just thought it was pretty. And it was literally just a picture of my hand holding the doobie. And I guess they thought I was advertising something because I posted for my Daisy Ducati account. And I was uh. like, actually genuinely excited to share this cool looking doobie <laughs> you're like no just like look at the weed <laughs> yeah and i was like i'm not selling anything i don't sell these i actually bought these <laughs> i spend money on this shit yeah it, i don't know reddit is such a strange universe like and they, they, it's a really good resource for sex workers but at the same time like there's so much to navigate yeah it's almost too it's almost too much like i've had to like step back from it for a while now because it's just like it's a lot to, to like weed through and like the amount of fakes and scammers and shit that mm -hmm. try and like get you for shit. It's, it's not even worth the time right now. It's like, and like, I just use it to like advertise. I just leave my account up. I haven't mm -hmm. posted in probably like six months on any subreddits. And like, yeah. It's just sitting there and I still get followers like every week. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Like cool. And I feel like, I feel like on Reddit, you also get a lot of people that, just want to talk for free 
and like don't yeah. acknowledge that you're posting in like a sex worker subreddit specifically advertising something for sale and they're like hey you're really pretty can we be friends it's like no that's not why yeah. i'm here <laughs> but also like if you found me in this subreddit why are you even in this subreddit Right. Like, right. It says in the title what this is for. Go to a different page. Exactly. Exactly. Like, you're specifically responding to an ad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> On an advertising page. Yeah. It's, I, don't, I don't get the logic. It's a strange world, but I'm glad it exists because it is, it can be lucrative if you are willing it to can. put up with it. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, it's definitely it's definitely got its uh its winners in there too, just few and far between. <laughs> yeah. So so what else do you get into? So um I'm a bodybuilder. Hot. As well as yeah. And then I also am starting burlesque currently. Yes, yes. So <laughs> I, I guess my first official show. So Yay! Aside from our show that we're doing, which I guess is burlesque still too. <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a kind of burlesque. I would definitely. Yeah, it's it's in the title. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so tell me tell me about your other show. Um, so it's just like at a local club. There's a group of burlesque girls just at one of the local gay bars here. That fun. It's really fun to go to. Yeah, right. Um, and they host it like once a month. Cool. They do a burlesque show, and then they go to other clubs around town and stuff and do other shows. So cool. I got the opportunity to do one, and I'm currently putting my act together. I have to go costume shopping this week. so That's exciting. It's like the hardest part for me with anything is costumes. Yeah. Yeah, I know. We've been going back and forth about costumes. <laughs> show, too. It's, it's, it's fun, but it, it can be challenging to, like, get it just right. It's stressful for sure. Yeah. It's hard to find. So bodybuilding, are you, do you bodybuild competitively or is it like for fun? Uh, so I do it competitively. Um, it's uh, NPC and IFBB are the divisions. The NPC is like the amateur division and the IFBB is the pro division. Um, I've been doing it for like three or four years now. I started right before I started dancing and cool. It. Yeah, it's really, really fun. We do, uh, there's different divisions and like categories, divisions, whatever you want to call them. And basically they're different body types. Mm -hmm. So it's not all just like one body type, but it's just another type of entertaining performance for me. Um, yeah. My category gets on stage and does this crazy two minute acrobatic dance routine. And what? it's really cool. We all, and we only have four mandatory moves. And so it's like the four moves are like some of the simplest things in the world to do for us because we're doing this shit daily, but it's like, but you have two minutes to do it and you have to impress us and you have to wear a costume and you have to get the crowd's attention. And it has to be this big deal on top of all of the other stuff that you're already doing that all the other bodybuilders are already doing too. Wow. So that's, that's a little <laughs> more sport than I was imagining. Like, uh, my my understanding of bodybuilding is you're getting into a certain form to present on stage. So yeah, adding like an act into it is interesting. Yeah. So um, I mean, when you think of bodybuilding, most people, everyone knows Arnold, mm -hmm. of course. Everyone thinks of Arnold Schwarzenegger, who's one of the most 
infamous names. Yes. Um, but it, he definitely changed the industry as a whole too. But it's, it's funny because everybody thinks that it's just about like getting all tan and posing like an ego lifter and shit. And it's like, it's, it's not like, it's just another form of art, like dancing or any other type of art that you can do. Like you're specifically crafting your body to look a specific way, which means overdoing or underdoing something can have such a huge effect on the turnout. Mm-hmm. And then you're also on this like crazy diet where you're controlled and trying to work all of these like factors basically. So it's just a, a giant science project. Yeah. And then I'm like, well, let's make it more difficult and let's do the one where they want us to like try and do push-ups and everything else while we're like completely starving ourselves and like in this like terribly depleted state. It's like let's do the hardest possible category that I can can so like why not what is this (laughs) what does this entail like what kind of what kind of performance is expected of you so it's so the like the four minute the four moves basically are a push-up um a straddle hold which is just like the arm holds um a high kick and just like a basic split okay so really what want to see is they want to see your creativity they want to see your entertainment value they want to see you know the show aspect of it because it is still like a show like even the posing routines it's still a show there's a certain way that you walk there's a certain way that you talk there's a certain way that you move and so this really kind of like pulls that to a higher level Mm -hmm. and they want to see basically how loud can you get this crowd going yeah like how much entertainment value can you bring to the stage? How much interaction can you get out of the audience? Cause it's a small audience. And a lot of the times you're not performing in more than like 20, 30 people at like beginner levels. Yeah. Sometimes anywhere from like a hundred to 10,000 when you move up and it's like, you're the only person on stage. So it's like, you have two minutes on this stage to do this routine. And it's a, they compare it kind of to like rhythmic gymnastics, like you see in the Olympics where they have these like dance routines or whatever, but it's a lot more theatrical. So there's costumes, there's props, there's cool. um, flashing lights. Some girls have smoke grenades and shit they use. Wow. It's just, it's all about the entertainment value, which is like basically all I ever care about is the entertainment value. So. This sounds really fun. That sounds like something I would, totally love to go see i didn't even know that that was a thing um so, most people don't yeah so like i imagine your experience dancing like actually is helpful in this situation oh extremely extremely and a lot of the a lot of the like physical moves that we do as well as just like the conditioning of my body is like the same stuff that i do pole dancing mm-hmm. so like it really like crosses over and it's really cool to like have that crossover because it's easier to like do those things. Yeah. Like I I wouldn't have had the confidence to get on stage the first time and actually try it if I hadn't been dancing first. Yeah. Cause it's, it's so much more than just going on stage and being evaluated. Like you actually have to put on a whole show and it's not that different from going on stage at a club. And like, it seems like even the moves are similar. Yeah, and, and and I I'd like to joke like I'm still half naked too. Yeah, like we're in these very very like next to nothing clothing because they're trying to see our muscles mm-hmm. and the way we move. And 
um, it's a lot of the same shock value and entertainment value that, you know, you use on stage in a club too. So it's, it's like pole dancing minus the pole. <laughs> That's fun. I am going to have to check this out. <laughs> um, and I'll send you some videos yes. later of some of the pros because they're crazy. Yeah. They're crazy. This sounds fun. <laughs> I never, I never knew that the, like I knew about bodybuilding, but I only knew like the Arnold Schwarzenegger kind of bodybuilding. And I never knew that there was like a whole performance type of bodybuilding. Yeah. It's really cool. A lot of people don't realize. And even like the Arnold Schwarzenegger version, even just like that category, which his category now is considered classic physique because it's based off of that old school golden era mm-hmm. body frame. Um, the posing routines that we do, they're, they're really based in that like performance value too. a lot of the pros and stuff. They like to use their music and it's like super emotional when you watch them do this shit, they'll use like some crazy slow songs, like all these crazy, like I've seen veterans use war songs before and stuff. And like, they get so deep into it. Like it's like their form of dance. Wow. it's, It's really cool to watch. That's that's really interesting. I'm definitely going to have to check this out. You are blowing my mind with that. I'm so fascinated now. And so, like, is there a different kind of preparation that goes into this type of bodybuilding than, like, traditional Arnold Schwarzenegger classic bodybuilding? Um, so, yeah, for me, it's a lot more difficult because when you're doing, like, any of the other categories, like what Arnold did or any, any of, like, what the men do and most of the women, it's, you're very depleted mm-hmm. running up to your show. The, the whole point is you lower your carb intake in order to lean your body down so that you can see the muscle definition. Mm-hmm. And it's that, like, super tone look. And so when your body's like that, um, it's really hard for your body to actually function at, like, a full rate, you know, like you're not a hundred percent. It's going to affect your hormones. It's going to affect your sleep patterns. It's going to affect your cycle. Even if you're a woman, you know, like our bodies are not made to go to that level of leanness that we're going to. And we're talking like 5% and under body fat, like practically nothing. Wow. And so it's like doing that and then trying to do these crazy jump pushups or this like you know, some of the pros do backflips. I'm not at that point yet, but like, you know, handsprings and all this shit that they do, it's, it's very difficult on your body because you're outputting more energy in that like two minute period than you basically intake in calories all day. Wow. Like you're basically starving, like just completely starving. So your conditioning has to be like on point. You have to be able to basically just like push past any shitty feeling you're going to get and just kind of do it anyway. It's like a, you're here. You kind of just have to do it at that point. Yeah. So like, how do you, how do you prepare your stamina for something like that? Like I can't even imagine. (laughs) Uh, A lot of different stuff, a lot of different training and stuff. The pole dancing for sure helps me. I think that's like a huge factor for me. Yeah. Cause I'll be on this diet and I'll go into work and I'll like, you know, nine minutes on stage at a time, whatever. And it's like, definitely helps me get a lot of my conditioning. Mm-hmm. Um, but on top of that, I'm also in the gym every single day for at least an hour and a half or more. And there's a lot of, uh, fasted yoga in the morning, fasted cardio some days, uh, basically it's getting your body to that point and pushing further. So that way, 
you've already experienced worse when you're at that position. It's like, I've been, I've been worse than this before. I felt worse than this before. So wow, you're just kind of okay with it. And then, so like when, when your show is over and when you're done performing, like, do you just go balls to the wall eating whatever you can? Cause I, that's what I would do. (laughs) That's what you want to do. That's what everybody wants to do. And, um, a lot of people make the mistake of doing that their first time and it actually can make you extremely sick. Mm, that makes sense. It can, it can literally hospitalize you because no, it's, it's actually kind of dangerous. So there's this thing called a reverse and it's uh, reintroducing carbs into your body at a steady rate because you've been at this depleted, depleted point for so long, your body's used to it. And when your body gets used to something, you can shock your system. Mm, that makes and sense. so if you just go and just like, pig out or whatever like you can get really sick and I actually made that mistake my first show I didn't over overdo it but I did get to the point where I almost threw up and I was like okay I'm not eating anymore like I need to stop yeah you gotta it is super exciting to be like oh like I'm not eating chicken and rice right now you know I can have like a hamburger or something and then it's like one hamburger turns into like donuts and ice cream that's that's exactly what I want to do in that situation. No. Wow. Me. Me. A hundred percent me. Like I love all of that stuff. And it's super, super tempting to just want to go and just eat everything. So you have to have like a really specialized diet plan to like pull this off and even to come out of it. That's fascinating. In a way, yeah, in a way, which is difficult to maintain. Yeah, like, oh man, I it's 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 a world that I'm so not familiar with. It's fascinating. It's so fascinating. And like, what are what's it like being at the at the competitions? Like, what's the vibe like? It's super inclusive, and I think that's why like I fell in love with it. And like, I went with at the time it was my boyfriend, but my ex now he took me to my first competition. It was, he was competing. Mm-hmm. And I just, I had a camera and I was just backstage taking pictures of him and just being, you know, supportive and shit. It's such an inclusive vibe. Like everybody wants to talk. Everybody's chatting. People are helping each other out, giving each other tips, That's awesome. it's like sharing food with each other. Cause everybody's sitting around eating rice cakes and shit. And yeah. like, everybody's just like, people are super cool about shit. I, most of them, at least there's always those select few that are just kind of shitty people but i mean that's any industry anything you go to exactly but i really like um i realized at this last show that like going to the shows and like being around that environment and that community like really is what like drives you to want to come back to another one Mm -hmm. i think because even if you don't win like i've lost before you everybody loses yeah um people are still super cool about shit they're like they'll compliment you on like the randomest things that you don't even notice, you know? Yeah. And it's, it's cool to have like pros in the industry sitting there with like their Rolex watches on and shit telling you like, Oh, you did a great job. Like you'll be better at the next one. And you're like, dude, like you have like six titles. The fact that I'm even meeting you right now is blowing my mind. <laughs> for sure. For sure. Wow. So it's cool. I definitely want to check this out. That sounds like something that would be so fun to look at and like be around. <laughs> wow. Cool. It's cool. There's even a, there's even a, um, I, I don't know what they call it. I guess a handicap division. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and it's or yeah like you know like the special olympics has all of that we have our own version of that where we have our own division for people with any type of handicap or disability so they can still get on stage and compete they can still do it that's really and cool. it's right there on the same stage where on like you're doing the same stuff you're on the same stage you have the same judges and the same coaches there's no differences like it's just you're in a category with other people who are you know yeah fit your category if that's what you want to do that's beautiful so it's super inclusive that, yeah that's really really cool wow wow it's 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 so new to me <laughs> i'm just like wrapping my head around that's so cool the girls at the club like the girls at the club always like make weird comments and like look at me funny what? and then they like ask me because they're sitting there eating whatever the house mom cooked food or whatever mm -hmm. or like ordering food or there's pizza and i'm sitting there with like pre-made meal preps and my snacks and whatever but like I'm like on an hourly timer. I have to go eat at certain times during my work shift. And they're like, mm. right? like you're eating again. Like it's been two hours and you're eating again. And they'll like make the randomest comments to me. And I'm like, but I look like this. <laughs> so, yeah. And it's uh, worth it. Probably makes work a lot easier when you're used to having that kind of stamina. Like I know that like for me working a full night at a club, like especially since I haven't done it in a while, it's it's exhausting. It's it's still exhausting for me too, definitely. I think it's almost more exhausting actually. Really? Surprisingly. You'd think it'd be easier, but because like keep in mind I'm still training before I go to mm, the club. That's true. I you know, like I'm still doing other stuff during the day while everybody's at work or doing the, whatever it is that they do. Like, you know, I've yeah. still got a two hour training session and 30 minutes of yoga when I wake up without food in my system and like all these other things that I'm doing. Yeah. Wow. That's a and lot then, of discipline. <laughs> I'm not perfect. I do not do it all perfectly every time it's in a learning process. I'm at the best point right now but i still have days where i don't want to do more than five minutes of yoga because i'm like i'm too too starving and i just want to eat my breakfast i, like, I want to do it i feel you. i know i was surprised the other day when we were rehearsing and you were telling me that you still had to go to the gym afterwards and i was like this was my workout <laughs> and i had already done an hour of yoga too wow that's yeah that's so much <laughs> and i did i went to the gym and i did legs for like two hours after that i went and did the hour and 45 minutes of legs and then 15 minutes of my skills that's for my impressive routines yeah. <laughs> I, I, I don't know how I do it. I went home and took a nap. I couldn't, I couldn't even imagine. Uh, but I mean, it's, it's amazing that you're able to do all that. Like, I think that building your body up to be able to handle that is incredible. Yeah. I think for me, I feel like I have to, mm -hmm. um, I have a lot of silent sicknesses. So my body isn't as healthy as it seems. Mm. And so, like, even, like, some days at work, like, oh, it won't even be the end of my shift. And I'm, like, sitting in the back because I can't move. Like, mm -hmm. I just have these random points where my body will just give out on me. So, for me, it's more like if I don't do this, like, I'm extremely unhealthy. And it took a long time for me to get to this point of health, I guess. Yeah. Um, and I still have a lot of things that I have to figure out because I still have a lot of shit that I just, like, don't 
don't have dialed down or anything like, like that and a lot of pains and injuries and things. Do you think so? I feel like I have to do it. <laughs> do you think being on this disciplined regimen makes it harder for you when you do need to take a break? I think the regimen's actually easier. When I start to stray from it mm -hmm. is when I start to get into like a more painful guess, position. Yeah. Um, like if I like, you know, like go on like a week binger where all I do is drink every night. Not that I, I don't drink a lot off or often, but when I do drink, like I will drink. And if I do that more than once a week, my body really starts to like, Mm -hmm. just shut down on me and like I'm 25 my body should not be shutting down on me after drinking one night yeah during the week like yeah and especially if you're, a... if you're not used to if you like don't have the tolerance like if you're not used to living that way and like you suddenly switch into it I've noticed since I slowed down drinking even that like one night of drinking will fuck me up yeah <laughs> Yeah, I'm like, I'd much rather just take an edible and, like, chill out. Yeah, totally. <laughs> I think my body likes that better, though, you know? Mm -hmm. It definitely helps. Yeah. Man, that's I, that's such a fascinating world. I am so excited to learn more. <laughs> like, I'm so excited cool. to see what these performances look like. It's, it's, I just, I can't get over it. Like, I never knew that that existed. So one of the pros actually um, pulled a pull out on stage during one of her performances. Yeah. And yes. So this was cool. She actually, and it made a huge statement because she is actually a, she does pole dancing as well. Not as a dancer, there, though there is actually a pro that is also a sex worker and a dancer. Oh, cool. Um, yeah. She just recently stopped bodybuilding to focus on that more. Mm -hmm. Um but this one pro, like, she's one of the top girls. Her name's Oksana Grishna. She is Russian, I believe, or Ukrainian. I can't remember. Um, but she pulled a literal X pull, one of the platform ones, put it on her stage. And the last, like, 30 seconds of her routine, she got up on the pole and started doing an Aisha and all this other crazy tricks yes. and stuff. And I was like... Wait, if that's, and that was like, when I saw that routine, that was maybe be like, wait, I can do this category. Yeah. Like I can, I can do all of the things she's doing. Like I don't have a backflip, but it's not mandatory. Like totally, I can learn that. It just takes a little while. Yeah. So. And like, I, I imagine most of the moves that are required, you could do on a pole, except maybe a push up. <laughs> yeah. And, and like uh, spinning Shay, she actually, a lot of her floor work tricks, mm -hmm. those are a lot of the, sh the things that we do mm -hmm. in, in the competition. And so I actually learned a lot of my stuff from her. Yes. <laughs> I like watch her videos and I'm like, I can do that. Yes. <laughs> I love Shay. I've had her in some of my shows. She's great. She's incredible. <laughs> it's such an incredible I've never actually met her before. Yeah. I, yeah, I love her performances. I watch her, all her performances. I've learned a lot of my like, showmanship from her definitely oh, yeah and she teaches oh, yeah. private stretching lessons also <laughs> i've taken, I've taken some of her the, um, the pyt group right mm -hmm. the yeah that whole group's really cool we're just talking about their heels <laughs> yes 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 oh man so so what was it like when you moved to vegas and started dancing out here like once the clubs did open back up 
Um, it was, I'm trying to think of the right word. Um, you can be honest. It was extremely shocking. Um, shocking. How? Like I said, it's so um, the club I'm from is the, the way I put it. Basically probably one of the shittiest places I could have started. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I saw all kinds of shit, funny things happened there, whatever. And then I get to Vegas and it was like, it's like being a fish and just running into a damn wall. You're like, what in the actual fuck is happening right now? <laughs> yes. and I mean, even before the pandemic, those first couple months, like the, everybody was telling me, Oh, it's never this slow. We don't know what's happening. And I'm like, I still am like overwhelmed by everything that's going on. Like mm-hmm. in the, in the Vegas clubs, girls just, they will, they're fucking ruthless. Like they will dash at customers. They act like they're property. Like Mm -hmm. he's a human being, not a, not a wallet. Like they're still a person. You can't just treat them that way. Yeah. And some of the shit I see in the way they treat the other girls. I'm like, you sleep at night acting like that? (laughs) (laughs) I was shocked too when I first moved out here or even I came to dance for a week before I lived here and like I was shocked at how cutthroat it was. Like the first place, one of the first places I danced out here was at um, Sapphire, which is like the most cutthroat. It was insane. Like girls were waiting at the door and like grabbing guys as soon as they came in and like demanding a dance. And I was just like, I cannot be this girl. (laughs) Like that's so rude in my world. (laughs) Yeah. Same, same. And I, when I first started, I went to Rhino. Mm -hmm. Oh, same, same deal. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I had started at a Rhino Mm -hmm. and I had even, I'd even traveled random but i traveled to boise idaho because i had a friend out there and i I went and worked out there for a week yeah i'd gone to the there in idaho too and i loved that one like that one was actually the first time i was on a spinning pole i was telling you about that day yes let's talk about that (laughs) almost died (laughs) um but when i came to vegas i went to the rhino out here thinking like oh you know a little bit of comfort like Mm -hmm. i know the, the chain or whatever no not even like that at all. Like I still had short hair at the time, but I was thin. So they were like, okay, like, you know, you're hired, whatever. Then as he's walking me out onto the floor, he looks at me and he goes, Oh, by the way, you need to take that nose ring out. And I'm like, you didn't tell me this before I signed the paperwork and paid the hundred dollar house fee. And he's like, Oh, I didn't see it. And I was like, okay, well then clearly it's not that noticeable. Like my nipples are pierced too. Is that going to be a problem? (laughs) (laughs) he didn't know what the fuck to say to me he looks at me and just like just have it out before your next shift and i was like okay like my head thinking the fuck right (laughs) um and then after about two hours i'm like just kind of taking everything in walking the floor whatever and i end up walking over to him and i'm like you know i think i'm gonna go like this club isn't really for me. And he's like, it's okay. A lot of girls are intimidated by Vegas their first time. And I'm like, Oh no, no, you misunderstand. me. You guys are, this club is too basic and I'm way more rock and roll. I'm going to go. Look at me and he just walked me back to the dressing room. Said, didn't say a fucking word. I so feel that though like when I I tried to audition at Rhino actually when I first came out here and they gave me like a flat out no (laughs) they were like really (laughs) 
<laughs> tattoos, nose ring, I'm brown. <laughs> like, no. Yeah, yeah. And my friend, and so that's another thing. Like, I was mentioning, like, I luckily, like, I can pass for white. Like, if I don't go outside, like, I can pass pretty easy. And at the time, I was, like, pale because I knew that that was going to be a problem, you know? Like, I had already predetermined that this was, this might be an issue, you know? Yeah. So, like, I went in looking all like prim and proper and whatnot, and, you know, and didn't overdo my, my makeup or anything. Cause I'm alternative too. So it's like, I don't want to push it. <laughs> and then it was like, you know what? This isn't even worth it. Yeah. Because it's, it's just not worth it. And they do, you know what they do? They rotate girls at the door. Mm. It's a shift. You have to, they will pick you and they will tell you it's your turn. Yeah. See, I was in the build girl. And <laughs> so I had no idea. It's so weird. It's what? so weird. He's like, later tonight, someone will get you and tell you to go stand by the door. When they do, you have to go over there until another girl comes to relieve you. So it's something they actually set up at the Rhino. They want you to be like walking in with the guys. And like the second these men walk through the door, you're supposed to like stand up and be on their arm and be like, hi, how are you? And stuff. I'm like, is that funny? It's very customers? like. I don't know because it's like one you're coming into a strip club wearing a suit and acting like it's like a cigar house you know and it's yeah. kind of more that vibe and like it feels like a cigar house with like pretty waitresses mm. but they're dancers okay you know even the stage has like three girls on stage at a time and like okay no one touched the pole at all and I was there for two hours I was the first girl to touch the pole of the whole two hours that I was there I was like this is a, sh- a club still, right? Like that was. I get it if they were doing like the dancing and the old school gowns, but like these girls are just sitting on stage. Mm-hmm. They're just sitting there, yeah, like, that, in front of customers. That was another thing that Amanda and I just discussed a while ago. Is like I had never even imagined the concept of not wanting to be on stage until I was in Vegas like girls will pay extra house fee to not go on stage and that is just so absurd to me <laughs> I, so I was aware of it because uh, back in my the, my home club where I started uh, the girls hated going on stage yeah but I thought that that was just kind of like particular to our club because we had a really shitty stage like the fucking worst stage. I mean, I pulled a piece of it out of my leg one night. Like, it was the worst. So I was like, oh, it's just because we have a shitty stage. These girls just don't like stage. Mm-hmm. And then I come out to Vegas, and it's like, oh, no. Like, 90% of dancers do not want to go on stage. Yeah. And Vegas like, it's a solid the best end. stages. <laughs> and that's the thing that drives me insane. It's like these, and the ones that don't pay to be off stage, they sit there and do literally nothing and make three times as much as me on stage. And I'm like, <laughs> like what I don't even like I just I yeah. don't, and then they'll come up to me and be like oh you're so good on stage and I'm like yeah but you just made $300 I made three bucks like it doesn't matter it does not it does matter not how matter. good you are on stage like they do not care <laughs> yeah yeah a lot of Vegas clubs are for marketing one specific look <laughs> and that's what matters yeah like it's it's a yeah. strange it's strange especially like coming from dancing anywhere else it's such a strange world out here <laughs> yeah like you think of a club and you like I'm, like my whole interpretation of like a strip club is like you should be able to like 
have options, you know, mm-hmm. like that's the point. You're going right. to find things that you don't have access to in your daily life. So it doesn't make sense to me when all the girls right. look the same. It's, it's, it's so like you strange. can find that anywhere. And then you, you compare it to like, I've danced in Portland as well. And it's such a different world. It's like Portland's full of like dive bars with hot girls of every type. And like some of them are doing just the most incredible stage shows and it's like a whole circus and everybody's making money. The money happens easily. And like people are eating hot dogs at the tip rail. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I've heard about that. (laughs) Yeah. I've been told a few times I need to go to Portland, but I haven't made it that far yet. I will tell you, I have legit made way more money in Portland than I ever expect to make in Vegas. (laughs) I kind of don't doubt that. That's what everybody keeps telling me. And it was so much easier and more fun. (laughs) Like, I also noticed in Portland, like, the hustle isn't as hard and it's not as cutthroat. Like the customers because strip clubs are just such a normal thing in Portland the customers like expect to pay the dancers for something like at least tip them or buy a $20 dance or whatever so like customers aren't offended when you ask for a dance like they're just like oh yeah totally here's 20 bucks no big deal and you can they know why they know why they're there yeah and you can just easily sell dances like that like champagne rooms aren't so much of a thing because it's like a dive bar but yeah you can still sell private dances like a 15 minute or something like it's it's so much easier it's so much easier than vegas i guess i'm planning a trip to portland now hell yeah (laughs) hell yeah shit i'll go with you that shit was fun (laughs) my only problem with portland is every dime i made i spent on other strippers Oh no! That would be my problem. Yeah, like the 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 dancers there are just so talented. Like I, my mind was blown. It was like circ level talent. <laughs> like, see, oh, it was incredible. Speaking of Cirque, that's like that's the goal. I mean, they do a lot of their casting Cirque is like, here. That's my ultimate goal. They do a lot of their casting here, and that's kind of. <laughs> why i'm here <laughs> yes. eventually we'll get there yes and there's a lot of the um a lot of the circ people train at certain uh aerial gyms here so we'll, we can talk about that off camera um yes 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 i don't want to <laughs> blow anybody's spot up and be like this is where they're training yeah. <laughs> right but um just docks up real quick right but um yeah no vegas is definitely a good spot to be if cirque is a goal like there's a lot going on in this town and there's a lot of shows that are in town so you won't necessarily have to travel if you get cast because that's that's the hard yeah. part i've heard about working for cirque is like if you're in one of the traveling shows like that is your life yeah traveling for anything when it comes to like physical activity like even for my competitions like that stuff is hard Mm -hmm. because the traveling puts so much stress on your body and it affects you so deeply people don't even like they don't even think about it yeah it's uh, it's exhausting (laughs) yeah it's exhausting and like i have i have so much respect even for just traveling dancers like dancers that their whole thing is traveling to different cities or like flying to vegas for the weekend and I just, I, I've traveled for dancing, but usually it's like one week at a time. I can't imagine doing that full time. It seems so exhausting. It is. I actually tried it for a minute. Yeah. Um, How was it for when you? I, before I came to Vegas, it's fucking exhausting. Um, 
Yeah. Especially if you're doing it with like a, with like a significant other, or like with someone else too. And that in your house, like it's even harder. Yeah. Um, I when I first, like six months into when I first started dancing, uh, one of the managers came to like cover basically for a weekend from another club, from one of the other rhinos. And he was like, Hey, come work for me. Mm-hmm. Like, I want you to come work for me. Like, I know it's like a, t- it was like a two and a half hour drive. And he was like, I know it's a travel, whatever. So like, I'll let you pick whatever days you want, whenever you want, but come like, I want you to come work at my club. Cause at this point I had already gotten pretty good at dancing mm-hmm. and like picked it up really quick. And so I was like, okay, cool. So for like a month and a half, two months, something like that, I was going every weekend. I was driving two and a half hours to Santa Barbara to go work at one of the clubs there. And, uh, that's a lot. Yeah, it was extremely draining. And like just finding a hotel, getting to a hotel, driving there, making sure there's nothing wrong with the car, like constantly like figuring out your food too. Like California is not open 24 hours like Vegas is. Yeah. So it's like you get off at 2 a.m. or you get off at 3 a.m. because Cali closes so much earlier. And it's like you you have McDonald's or Jack in the Box. Like there's nothing else to eat. So if you don't have food already ready or like anything else already done, like you're fucked. Yeah. You're just, you're just fucked. And then it's like, clearly Jack in the box and McDonald's are not sustainable for a dancer's physique or like body type or even just like the activity that we do. Like, even if you aren't pole dancing and you're just dancing, like even just a club shift, like that's not the right shit to be eating. And especially for you, your competitive bodybuilding, like you can't, you can't eat like that. I was just starting then too. Yeah. I just started competing too. So it was, it was, yeah, it was definitely hell. That's stressful. Oh, for sure. Man. Yeah, I know when I yeah. when I danced in San Francisco, I knew a couple of dancers that uh lived in Santa Cruz. And uh, like and one of them didn't even drive. <laughs> she would take the train and I'm like, "How is it worth it for you to come all the way out here?" Like but she it was worth it for her and like she made that money. I feel like the train the train, that's smart. That would probably be cheaper than driving. Yeah. At least in Cali, it's definitely a lot cheaper. But then she'd have to wait for the first train in the morning because it didn't run all night. Like it was, it was a whole thing. Oh, okay. And I, I was impressed that she had that much determination because I would not. Yeah, right. I would not. But it yeah, motivated her to really hustle while she was working. You know, make it worth it. Yeah. I mean, I definitely learned a lot. It was nice because I, I learned a lot after that whole experience. My money really started to like go up because I was still a baby stripper and I was still like struggling, you know, mm-hmm. body confidence and self-confidence and image issues and everything else you could have under the book. Um, <laughs> uh, it was weird <laughs> for sure. But I like was around all these girls that were like, you're the first girl in two years to be hired at our club. And you got invited. Wow. And they were just kind of like a big, like, fuck you. We don't care who you are. We don't want to know who you are. You like, you don't belong here. And so it was like, cool, cool. I made like, you know, no one wanted to talk to me or deal with me or anything like that. And these girls like all did rooms together. Like it was a thing they did at that club. They like did group rooms with like six people at a time. And so I'm just like by myself, like picking up whatever stragglers I could get and stuff. So it like definitely made me like step it up a notch because it yeah. was like I had to make back that money that I was spending to get there. And it's so much more stressful so. when you're like contending with dancers who don't want to be working with you. That's oh yeah. 
I can't imagine working with that kind of hostility. Yeah. That's not fun. I think you see that a lot out here in Vegas too. You get a lot of that kind of attitude. Yeah. When I was working at Sapphire, I had a cocktail waitress steal 200 bucks from me. (laughs) Oh my, I haven't had someone steal from me, but I had a girl shove me into the bar a couple weeks ago. Oh no. Literally, because her customer, her, as she put it, her customer, quotation marks, um, this guy walks up to me and I like to stand at the bar because it's like, you know, a good way to get guys. Yeah. So I like to hang out at the bar when there's nothing like obvious to go sit down with or anything. And this guy walks up like shoulder to shoulder with me. And I'm just like, and I'm like, Oh, excuse me. Like, I'm sorry. Hi, how are you? And he's just like, Oh, I'm good. You know, like, you know, whatever starts to respond. And this girl comes up, shoves me into the bar, like shoulder checks me. And she's shorter than me. It's like, I wear eight inch stilettos. You see how tall I am. (laughs) This girl shoulder checks me. So she like hits me in the waist and like pushes me into the bar counter on the other side of my waist. And the guy's like, what the fuck? Like in front of this customer. And she's like, no, no, no. He's my customer. He's my customer. And like broken English. Like she doesn't, didn't really, doesn't really speak a lot of English. And she's just like, he's my customer. He's my customer. And I was like, whoa, like I'm not taking your customer. You were standing all the way, like three feet away from him. He came up and like bumped me. I just said, excuse me. And hello. Like, can you please get off of me? And this whole time she's still like hitting me against the bar. As she's like telling me to like stay away from my customer, stay away from my customer. Like, oh, we were already with him. We were already with him. I'm like, I'm sorry for this interaction, sir. When you're a free later and if you want to chat, like I'll be available. I I apologize for all of this. Yeah. And like she's still telling me to fuck off while she's still pitting me to the bar. Like, can you get off of me? Because I was like, you need to move so I can move, chick. Like that. I don't understand that strategy because it seems like that would make the customer uncomfortable too. Like it would make anyone uncomfortable. Yeah. And like, like why not just, just team up? <laughs> Take as much She together. was with another girl already. That was the thing. She's like with this other girl already. And she's telling me, Oh, it's, it's our customer. Like we were already with him. And the other girl's just standing there. And I'm like, Clearly, she doesn't care. Why do you care so much? Like, and, and, like, girl, if you own him, you better shorten that leash. <laughs> yeah, right? Like, why don't you talk to me? Excuse you. <laughs> I, that's so weird. My fault. That's so weird. I never understood, like, girls that are hostile to other dancers. Like, we, we all got to see each other all the time. <laughs> we all got to work in the same building and, like we're all here with the same goal in mind. Like why not work together instead of making it some weird competitive mess? Right. And I think I I know like at the end of the day, like we all have those moments where we get like jealous when people are making money or making more money than us. Or like, we feel like we're not making money. Like everybody has those moments, but it's like, you gotta be able to like work through that and like identify the like, okay, maybe I'm not making money tonight, but tomorrow night, like I can, you know, or like, Maybe tonight, like, I didn't, you know, you maybe have, like, one bad situation. It's like, okay, but there's still, like, four hours left in your shift. Like, right. there's still four hours left to get, like, four other customers for an hour VIP if you really, like, put your mind to it. Right. And, like, if somebody is making more than you, like, on a significant level, like, maybe evaluate what they're doing differently and adjust. Like don't yeah. try to bring them down <laughs> like there's enough money to go yeah, around. exactly 
and that was something I was definitely had someone try to do that to me back when I first started. Even now, still people try and bring me down. I'm like, this is easier because they see like because I'm so alternative and stuff, and like the way I present in the club, they like find things. Mm-hmm. Like I've actually had customers um, tell me that girls had told them that I used to be a boy, and I mean for the last. Since I started dancing, this has been, and and I've had customers ask me to my face before, like, are you, were you born a woman? And I'm like, excuse me? Like, if I wasn't, do you think my tits would be this small? Like, are you fucking kidding me right now? (laughs) Like, like I actually had a guy who was like, your boobs are small. Are you even like, are you even a girl? And I'm like, it's dude. Like, yeah. And I have no, no body fat either. Like you can't correlate those things and it's so weird. and like when i had no hair too they were like they would girls would literally tell customers oh yeah she used to be a boy she's not she's she's trans and i'm like no what no i'm not get out of but like a lot of my friends are so like it's ugh. what i don't understand what <laughs> performers get out of putting down the people they work with like there's to no, the customers, to the too, customers, like, do you yeah. think that's going to make you more money? You look like a shitty person now. But then again, there are so many customers that, like, get off on making the girls argue. <laughs> I've seen this so many times. That's true. I've seen this that so many true. times. And I've had customers, like, try to create conflict between me and other dancers. And I really don't give a shit. <laughs> like, I don't have time to pick Dang. on other people. <laughs> I really don't give a shit with. I think on. it's a turn on for them. Mm-hmm. I think it's a turn on for them. I definitely think like it's it's a fetish. It's one of their things, you know. Guys like getting off on it, just like people like the degradation and stuff. They like want to see us fight. Like they want that cat fight thing, and it's like not happening. Mm-hmm. You could pay me to fight her, right? <laughs> Let's go talk. Let's go upstairs <laughs> and talk about it. You're, you're clearly you're just. Yeah, you're trying to get some free some free stuff out of this. Clearly, that's what you're into. And like I'm not gonna just give it to you for free, but no. <laughs> no. Not today. Ew. Mm-mm-mm. That's it's such a shame. It's such a shame. Like uh, there's so much. Mm-mm-mm. <laughs> I just I, like I can't understand the need for drama, the like the seeking out of drama. It's just it's people that are unsatisfied with themselves. Really, at the end of the day, that's all it is. You know, like you you've got enough time to worry about that, then you're not occupying yourself with something else. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, that's a really like a bored a bored man is just a hateful man. That's, that's all it is. That's a really good way to look at it. That's a really good way to look at it. Mm-mm-mm. Takes a lot of energy to talk shit. <laughs> right? Like, that's what I don't understand is, like, it, you're investing your own time and energy into this. And, like, when I'm working, I'm focusing on using my time and energy to make money, not to, like, pick on people. <laughs> All right. So, like. Right. I had, I had a girl back in California who would pick on me like every fucking night this girl would just go in on me like she told me a million times like you're never gonna make it in vegas she'll never even get hired in vegas all this shit she'd fuck with me every night she's one of the girls that used to tell customers lies about me and like all this stuff and one night she tried to fight me to my face she's literally like you want to go outside and i looked at her and i was like 
You're almost 10 years older than me. You've been doing this twice as long as me. I don't have the time to deal with you and your toxic energy. Yeah. And it was like such a like slap to the face to her because she didn't know what to say. She was so used to people being like, yeah, let's go outside and fight. And I was like, I don't have the energy to fight you because you don't fucking deserve it. Yeah. Like, I'm going to go back to work now. I'm going to go make some money now instead of sitting here fighting you for pointless reason. And that's sometimes that's the best thing you can do is just hold a mirror up to the absurdity of their behavior. Like, look at yourself. Look at what you're doing. Yeah. <laughs> like, you're being ridiculous. You see, where, you see how you're behaving? Yeah. <laughs> like, there's there's no need to be getting into fights and picking on each other. Like, we all go to make money and we all need to support each other in making money like there's no sense in having that hostile environment and like right i totally i don't know man i i come from such a different like i so when i started stripping i started in a cooperatively owned unionized peep show which was a whole different vibe than any other place i've ever danced and like it was like a sisterhood and so like coming from that to clubs where dancers pick on each other for fun or think that like putting down another dancer is going to make them more money was just the most absurd thing i'd ever seen (laughs) because it's just like no if we work together we all make more money i don't understand right it's just right and it's so hard to wrap my head around it yeah, the logic just it blows my mind. But hopefully, hopefully some of these women will see our podcast and see how much good can come out of the camaraderie of it. <laughs> I mean, I definitely, your podcast definitely did something for me. I'll say that much. The fact that I'm like yeah. even having this conversation with you right now kind of is still blowing my mind. So <laughs> oh, thank you. Definitely marked something off of my to-do list. I no, I literally told myself when I started listening to your podcast, I was like, I'm gonna be on that show one like in the next like year. Hell like, yeah. Guaranteed. And then I'm like sitting here right now, like, yeah, okay. I actually did that. <laughs> Hell yeah. And now we're planning a show together yeah. and it's gonna be glorious. Yeah, and it's a fetish show, which I love yes that's like my that's my thing i'm a fetish fanatic i guess (laughs) yes and that that was one of the reasons why we like had to have you in this show is because it's just it's not only up your alley but you are in you are the right person for this role (laughs) yeah i saw it and i was like fetish show like and no one told me about it prior to i was like i texted the dj i was like we didn't know about this he's like we did not know about this or you would have been the first person to find out and i was like I'll be totally yeah. honest. I didn't know about it either. <laughs> okay. It was just sprung on everybody. Yeah, we kind of everybody just was like made it happen, <laughs> which I love. Like, I think that's great. Like, that's awesome. Yeah, and like I am super excited. I really have to thank like Mike for pulling this all together, and like, uh, and yeah, Tim for taking those amazing pictures of us. Oh my God, they're so hot. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Oh my God. I know. Yes. Uh, I haven't even gone through all of them yet. Same. Like there's like, so many good ones. So many good ones. And oh, this yeah. show is going to be so hot. I cannot wait for everyone to see it. Like we've been, we've been rehearsing and pulling it all together and it's going to be so much fun. Like I, I've done other yeah. other shows before and like burlesque shows and feature shows and different types of events and like nothing on this level. It, 
it's going to be so kinky and so hot. And by the time, by the time this comes out, already be seeing us be amazing. (laughs) Right. It'll be like, go watch it, go watch it. It was great. Um, I'm excited too. This is going to be my first show. And like the whole reason, like I moved to Vegas to strip, it was like, I want to do the featured shows. I want to do this type of stuff. Like, yes, that entertainment aspect, like old school, like, and I like that it's still like kind of burlesque. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's you know, definitely. I feel like it is kind of burlesque. There's definitely a burlesque element to it, and like it's. Yeah, yeah. It's not a regular freaking show. Stuff. Like it's, <laughs> it's it's perverted. No. <laughs> it's perverted. It's not. It's not a normal feature show in the slightest. It is. Yes. And definitely out of the box. And I owe Leo big thanks for letting us do this. <laughs> Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be like, uh, it's going to be so fun. And I'm so glad to have you guys involved. Like, I feel like with a lot of, uh, with a lot of feature shows and shows that like come into clubs, a lot of times it's just like, we show up and then we're gone. And I think it's really amazing to like, not only have this ongoing show, but also be able to involve dancers that are actively working at the club. I agree. I think that's a really cool factor. A lot of times I've noticed that, that like, oh, the girls will, they just come in and they'll like, they'll work the night too. Sometimes mm-hmm. the features will stay and they'll do rooms and they'll work the shift, but like, they don't even like necessarily talk to us or address us. You know, like there's a couple ones at the club that I'm at, at, at um, this club. Um, Cause like Angel Bow and uh, I love Angel. She's been in my shows too. Yeah. <laughs> She's awesome. And then, uh, Jezebel, Jezebel too. Mm-hmm. Um, I know Jezebel. She's, she's great. <laughs> yeah. They're great. They're both great. And those, those were actually both the first two features I ever met, like, and the first shows I ever saw when they came to the club and I'm sitting there like, holy shit, this is awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And those, those ladies put yeah. on a hell of a show. <laughs> they do. They, they entertain for sure. And this is so different from what they do. And I think it's cool. Mm-hmm. Cause like, this is, going to be a whole different side of a feature act yeah oh man i remember the first time i had angel in one of my shows it was like before the lockdown i did a show downtown at a restaurant during avian and like it was a it was a really incredible lineup of like other porn performers and like really awesome burlesque performers and I, the audience was shook by Angel's performance with because she did the needles and yeah, we were not ready oh. for that. <laughs> they never are. They never. They're never ready for any of it. It's like every time she pulls something out, people are like, "Wait, what's happening now?" Like exactly. And I love the like great. shock element of her performance, and she's just so beautiful and glamorous that like people don't quite expect it. <laughs> Yeah, right. She's like, you want to staple a dollar bill to my ass cheek? Yeah. I'm like, yes, I do. Oh, yes, I, I do. I love stapler axe. That's like my favorite. It's, thing. it's the best. It's so fun. Ugh, I'd probably be. She, kind of, she came up to me after the last one. She's like, there's blood on my leg. I was like, nice. That's amazing. That funny. That's amazing. So much fun. So much fun. Okay. So this is the part of the show where we like to give advice to either baby strippers or people who are thinking about getting into the industry or people who just want to learn a little bit more about us. So if you had one piece of advice to give, what would it be? 
The internet is your best friend. Do your research. Look up everything. Follow other girls. Follow the clubs. Mm-hmm. Follow uh, dancers' resource. Look at look at the clubs before you go to them. If you haven't ever been to a club, go to a club first. I started stripping and I had never stepped foot in a strip club before. I had no idea what to expect. I had no idea what I was doing. And the internet is literally your best friend. And especially now, like Amanda's got her, her YouTube channel. I know that's really cool. Really cool. Really good. This podcast, like this podcast helps me. Helen the Nose, another really good one that helped me too. Um, Mm -hmm. I've read it even has some really good subreddits where you can just listen to all of the stuff that girls say and like really just research it. If you have a question, like do not be afraid to ask, do not be afraid to ask anybody. Like even in the club, like if there's a girl that's like super chill and like nice with you, like ask her a question. Oh yeah. I've, I've done it before. I learned a lot by just asking the older girls random questions and like, Mm-hmm. they're they're keen to, to share info with you because they're going to be out of the game eventually and somebody has to take over you know veteran strippers so, possess so much knowledge and information so much knowledge <laughs> even if you think that they don't know what they're doing and they're just sitting there ask them how long have you been dancing they can tell you some stuff that like will blow your mind like there are girls at my club that have been dancing over 15 years and like even our house mom is an ex-dancer yeah and like she'll tell us stuff and like i've gotten so many tips and so many like so much information and like even just good one-liners yeah like you cannot go wrong with a good one-liner yes <laughs> my favorite question too is a uh, if you're ever stuck in a vip room and you don't know what to say to the guy just ask him uh what, what animal do you think you could take in a fight <laughs> and i think that was something i heard on this podcast yes. i think that was in one of your first episodes right <laughs> The amount of times I've used that, I've used that on dates before too, yes. where I've like been talking about work and I'm like, oh yeah, guys are super simple. Like you ask a guy, like what, what animal can you take in a fight? And these guys will go on for half an hour. And I'm like, I was trying to prove a point and my point was proven. Yeah. Thank you. Okay. Yeah. I always, it's, it's a, I always say that like, for me, phone sex was like sex worker boot camp, And the one thing that I learned <laughs> from doing years and years and years of phone sex is like ask a zillion fucking questions (laughs) like ask all the open-ended questions and just keep them talking (laughs) oh the open-ended questions that was a big thing i learned Mm -hmm. yeah that's definitely like yeah yeah and it doesn't know questions are not helpful Mm -hmm. and it doesn't even matter what the question is you can just like ask them what what was their favorite dream they had (laughs) like I, I like to ask guys what their favorite fetish or kink is just to like mm-hmm. put them in like a perspective and then like go from there. And like, yes. sometimes they'll look at me and they'll be like, I don't know what that is. And I'm like, all right, it's going to be one of those nights. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> then so you get funny. to teach them. <laughs> yeah. It's like, okay, so, um, let's go to the VIP room and we're going to have Let me show you some things. <laughs> Oh, so much fun. fun. So much fun. Well, thank you so much for talking with me today and sharing yourself with our audience of listeners. It's been a wonderful time and I'm so excited for our show and make sure you check out kinky summer nights at scores in Las Vegas every Thursday night. (laughs) We'll be there. Um, Where can we find more of you on the internet? 
Um, literally anywhere you can Google me. I have it set up that you can literally just type MS Stella cloud into Google and all of my links and handles pop up for all my different sites. Um, smart. I'm revamping everything right now and kind of clearing out all of my old content and starting the line of new stuff. So it'll be kind of empty for a minute, but my uh, Instagram is my most used that's the right word. Um, and then Twitter as well. Cool. Um, it's a, yeah. Or you can Google the bitch down the blog. <laughs> I love it. That is my immediately comes to you. That's amazing. And yeah. It's, it's my brand name and I'm working on getting it copyrighted and yes. doing all of the branding and stuff. So, yeah. Get it. So, yes. That's next <laughs> on the list. <laughs> Thank you so much for this. Like, this is honestly like just, overwhelming but amazing thank you it's been i'm so excited for this show (laughs) you too thank you for listening this has been a production with period podcast network you can follow us on instagram at period podcast network also at yes a stripper podcast we are on twitter at yes a stripper pod If you like what you heard today, please remember to subscribe. And also check out our sponsor, Xpole USA. Just follow the link below in the description or go to bit.ly slash xpoleyas. And that's on period. Network.